Vatican Radio presents Fratelli Tutti, the encyclical letter of His Holiness Pope Francis on fraternity and social friendship. Adapted for radio by Mara Michelli. English production directed by Sister Bernadette Mary Rees. Chapter 1, Part 3 of communication. Oddly enough, while closed and intolerant attitudes towards others are on the rise, distances are otherwise shrinking or disappearing to the point that the right to privacy scarcely exists. Everything has become a kind of spectacle to be examined and inspected, and people's lives are now under constant surveillance. Digital communication wants to bring everything out into the open. People's lives are combed over, laid bare, and bandied about, often anonymously. Respect for others disintegrates, and even as we dismiss, ignore, or keep others distant, we can shamelessly peer into every detail of their lives. Digital campaigns of hatred and destruction for their part are not, as some would have us believe, a positive form of mutual support, but simply an association of individuals, united against a perceived common enemy. Digital media can also expose people to the risk of addiction, isolation, and a gradual loss of contact with concrete reality blocking the development of authentic, interpersonal relationships. They lack the physical gestures, facial expressions, moments of silence, body language and even the smells, the trembling of hands, the blushes and perspiration that speak to us and are a part of human communication. Digital relationships, which do not demand the slow and gradual cultivation of friendships, stable interaction or the building of consensus that matures over time, have the appearance of sociability, yet they do not really build community. Instead, they tend to disguise and expand the very individualism that finds expression in xenophobia and in contempt for the vulnerable. Digital connectivity is not enough to build bridges. It is not capable of uniting humanity.
shameless aggression. Even as individuals maintain their comfortable consumeristic isolation, they can choose a form of constant and febrile bonding that encourages remarkable hostility, insults, abuse, defamation, and verbal violence destructive of others. And this with a lack of restraint that could not exist in physical contact without tearing us all apart. Social aggression has found unparalleled room for expansion. Through computers and mobile devices, this has now given free rein to ideologies, things that until a few years ago could not be said by anyone without risking the loss of universal respect, can now be said with impunity, and in the crudest of terms, even by some political figures. Nor should we forget that there are huge economic interests operating in the digital world, capable of exercising forms of control. As subtle as they are invasive, creating mechanisms for the manipulation of consciences and of the democratic process. The way many platforms work often ends up favoring encounter between persons who think alike, shielding them from debate. These closed circuits facilitate the spread of fake news and false information, fermenting prejudice and hate. We should also recognize that destructive forms of fanaticism are at times found among religious believers, including Christians. They too can be caught up in the networks of verbal violence through the internet and the various forms of digital communication. Even in Catholic media, limits can be overstepped. Defamation and slander can become commonplace, and all ethical standards and respect for the good name of others can be abandoned. How can this contribute to the fraternity that our common father asks of us? Information without wisdom. True wisdom demands an encounter with reality. Today, however, everything can be created, disguised, and altered. A direct encounter, even with the fringes of reality, can thus prove intolerable. A mechanism of selection then comes into play, whereby I can immediately separate likes from dislikes, what I consider attractive from what I deem distasteful. In the same way, we can choose the people with whom we wish to share our world. Persons or situations we find unpleasant or disagreeable are simply deleted in today's virtual networks. A virtual circle is then created, isolating us from the real world in which we are living. The ability to sit down and listen to others, typical of interpersonal encounters. Is paradigmatic of the welcoming attitude shown by those who transcend narcissism and accept others, caring for them and welcoming them into their lives. Yet today's world is largely a deaf world. At times, the frantic pace of the modern world prevents us from listening attentively to what another person is saying. 
Halfway through, we interrupt him and want to contradict what he has not even finished saying. We must not lose our ability to listen. St. Francis heard the voice of God. He heard the voice of the poor. He heard the voice of the infirm. And he heard the voice of nature. He made of them a way of life. My desire is that the seed that St. Francis planted may grow in the hearts of many. As silence and careful listening disappear, replaced by a frenzy of texting, this basic structure of sage human communication is at risk. A new lifestyle is emerging, where we create only what we want and exclude all that we cannot control or know instantly and superficially. This process, by its intrinsic logic, blocks the kind of serene reflection that could lead us to a shared wisdom. Together we can seek the truth in dialogue, in relaxed conversation or in passionate debate. To do so calls for perseverance. It entails moments of silence and suffering, yet it can patiently embrace the broader experience of individuals and peoples. The flood of information at our fingertips does not make for greater wisdom. Wisdom is not born of quick searches on the internet, nor is it a mass of unverified data. That is not the way to mature in the encounter with truth. Conversations revolve only around the latest data. They become merely horizontal and cumulative. We fail to keep our attention focused, to penetrate to the heart of matters, and to recognize what is essential to give meaning to our lives. Freedom thus becomes an illusion that we are peddled, easily confused with the ability to navigate the Internet. The process of building fraternity, be it local or universal, can only be undertaken by spirits that are free and open to authentic encounters. Forms of Subjection and of Self-Contempt Certain economically prosperous countries tend to be proposed as cultural models for less developed countries. Instead, each of those countries should be helped to grow in its own distinct way and to develop its capacity for innovation while respecting the values of its proper culture. A shallow and pathetic desire to imitate others leads to copying and consuming in place of creating and fosters low national self-esteem. In the affluent sectors of many poor countries and at times in those who have recently emerged from poverty, there is a resistance to native ways of thinking and acting and a tendency to look down on one's own cultural identity as if it were the sole cause of every ill. Destroying self-esteem is an easy way to dominate others. Behind these trends that tend to level our world, there flourish powerful interests that take advantage of such low self-esteem while attempting through the media and networks to create a new culture in the service of the elite. 
This plays into the opportunism of financial speculators and raiders, and the poor always end up the losers. Then, too, ignoring the culture of their people has led to the inability of many political leaders to devise an effective development plan that could be freely accepted and sustained over time. We forget that there is no worse form of alienation than to feel uprooted, belonging to no one. A land will be fruitful and its people bear fruit and give birth to the future only to the extent that it can foster a sense of belonging among its members, create bonds of integration between generations and different communities, and avoid all that makes us insensitive to others and leads to further alienation. Despite these dark clouds, which may not be ignored, I would like in the following pages to take up and discuss many new paths of hope. For God continues to sow abundant seeds of goodness in our human family. The recent pandemic enabled us to recognize and appreciate once more all those around us who, in the midst of fear, responded by putting their lives on the line. We began to realize that our lives are interwoven with and sustained by ordinary people, valiantly shaping the decisive events of our shared history. Doctors, nurses, pharmacists, storekeepers and supermarket workers, cleaning personnel, caretakers, transport workers, Men and women working to provide essential services and public safety. Volunteers, priests and religious. They understood that no one is saved alone. I invite everyone to renewed hope, for hope speaks to us of something deeply rooted in every human heart, independently of our circumstances and historical conditioning. Hope speaks to us of a thirst an aspiration, a longing for a life of fulfillment, a desire to achieve great things, things that fill our heart and lift our spirit to lofty realities like truth, goodness and beauty, justice and love. Hope is bold. It can look beyond personal convenience, the petty securities and compensations which limit our horizon, and it can open us to grand ideals that make life more beautiful and worthwhile. Let us continue then to advance along the paths of hope.
You have been listening to a Vatican Radio production of Fratelli Tutti. The encyclical letter of His Holiness Pope Francis on fraternity and social friendship. Adapted for radio by Mara Michelli. English production directed by Sister Bernadette Mary Rees. In collaboration with the Vatican Publishing House, Libreria Editrice Vaticana. Featuring the voices of James Finnegan, Father Michael Kong, Thaddeus Jones, and Sister Bernadette Rees. Thank you.